Hey Heinous fans, this episode might contain scenes that include violence and sensitive details, some of which are reenacted for an immersive audio experience. Sounds may seem like it's coming from the left, right, or behind you. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Nine people have been murdered, and they still don't know this yet. On the 31st of October 2017, no one knew anything in Japan except that Halloween was here. Halloween is a unique event in Japan because of the cosplay subculture that already exists. Cosplay is where fans dress up as popular anime characters to a high degree of accuracy, from donning wigs to building the characters' weapons. This coupled with the familiar influence of commercialization, makes costume making and dress up on Halloween a blockbuster event that draws thousands of onlookers and participants. But according to the original Halloween tradition, costumes were meant as disguises to avoid being terrorized by the evil spirits that walked the earth during the Celtic festival Samhain. If one was not careful, these evil spirits could see through your disguise and walk you to your death. On the morning of Halloween in 2017, an evil spirit would come alive in the form of Takahiro Shiraishi, who walked nine victims to the other side in a span of three months. Takahiro Shiraishi would have been a seemingly ordinary-looking man, wearing a cheerful, kind, and polite mask, but disguising the depravity within, a depravity that had already been bubbling since he was in elementary school. It might have been summer in Japan. The sounds of cicadas would have filled the air. It was just after school and Takahiro Shiraishi was heading to the benches with his friends. Shall we play the game? He might have asked. The boys started pairing up with each other and for a moment, you could have thought they were playing a game of tag. Then, one of the boys placed their hands gently on Takahiro's neck, forming a firm loop across his windpipe. Go ahead, Takahiro might have said. The boy gently squeezed his neck before digging deeper and deeper into his throat. Squeeze harder. Takahiro might have gasped as his eyes started rolling up. He could see the edges of his vision turning dark. Then a tingling sensation crept in from his hands and feet. His tongue felt heavy, maybe about three to four times its usual weight. Then he heard a ringing sound before waking up. (laughs) Takahiro shook off the inertia of his momentary nothingness as his friends peered over him worried. Hey, Takahiro. How do you feel? You choked out. He might have looked at everyone, barely managing a single word. I feel... euphoric. This is Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by 1UP Media.
In the last episode of Heinous, we learned that Takahiro Shiraishi was responsible for murdering nine people. To many, Takahiro was an ordinary guy, but we know that a divorce in his family led him down a wayward path, ending with a criminal record for tricking women into prostitution. This was the turning point that had made the cheerful, kind and polite neighbor the murderer that he was. He started by making two Twitter accounts to source for his victims, people who were on the brink of suicide. This was how he met his first victim, 21-year-old Mizuki Mura. <laughs> Mizuki Mura was on Twitter one night. She may have typed, I'm done with this life. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And it was posted. For over a month, she had been updating her Twitter feed about her hopelessness in life, but no one seemed to care until the 8th of August 2017, when she received a DM. Do you still want to die? I want to commit suicide too. Let's be friends. The direct message read. She looked at the account handle, Hanging Pro, and might have thought, maybe he can help me end this. Over the next three days, Mizuki Mira and the Hanging Pro would talk constantly. And on the 11th of August, they would decide to meet up in a cafe. At the end of the night, both would become friends and Mizuki Mira would introduce the hanging pro to her good friend, Shogo Nishinaka, a 20-year-old man looking to die as well. There is little record of Shogo Nishinaka. In fact, sources differ on whether he was her good friend or her boyfriend. But at first glance, you might have thought you've identified the wrong man. Because Shogo Nishinaka seemed to have everything most guys would have wanted. He looked like an influencer in all his photos. He was a keen sportsman and he played in a band. According to some sources, what pushed him to become suicidal was his breakup with his girlfriend of a few years. This was how he ended up meeting the Hanging Pro. To Shogo Nishinaka, meeting the Hanging Pro might have been pivotal as some sources claimed that he had already tried committing suicide by joining different interest groups. These groups would have gathered together, made a suicide pact, and executed themselves on an agreed-upon day. Except that they didn't. In the two groups that he had joined, everyone eventually found a reason to live and left the suicide pact. This left Shogo Nishinaka alone and possibly looking for his sensei. The Hanging Pro would have seemed like the perfect candidate for a mentor, having claimed that he had helped people cross over before. All through August, the trio would meet regularly and talk often about suicide, giving solace to the account owner of The Hanging Pro. Ironically, this might have even provided a reason for him to live. Back at home, Takahiro Shiraishi lived with his father, his dad might have wanted to keep an eye on him. After all, it had been just a couple of weeks since he told his father, I don't know why I'm alive. But in the past few days, he might have sensed that things were looking up. Maybe he was just feeling emotional that day. His father could have thought, Hey dad, could I ask for a loan? Takahiro Shiraishi might have asked one day, What for? Well, you're not gonna believe this. But dad, I have found the love of my life. Takahiro's father could not believe it. Things are truly looking up. I'm so happy for you, son. Come, tell me, 
how much do you need? He might have replied. Over the course of the month of August, Takahiro Shiraishi experienced a depth of companionship that changed what he sought out to do with the Hanging Pro account. Guided by love and the sense of connection he felt with Mizuki Mira, he mustered the courage and asked her to live with him. Instead of finding victims, he had found love in a kindred soul. Takahiro Shiraishi decided that a 13.5 square meter apartment in Zama, Kanagawa Prefecture would be the perfect place to build a home. His father, whom he was reportedly close to, would be overjoyed and act as a guarantor for the apartment at 19,000 yen a month. But while it took weeks to change Takahiro Shiraishi's intentions, it would only take a few days to change them back. Hey Heinous fans, thank you for supporting Heinous so far. But did you know that only 1% of our listeners have rated Heinous? To help support the channel, do provide us with a 5-star review on Spotify. It was the 22nd of August 2017, and in Japan, it would have been the hottest month of the year which was why Mizuki Mira and Takahiro Shiraishi decided to stay in at their newly rented house in Zama, Kanagawa. Prior to the couple moving in, we know that Takahiro Shiraishi's father acted as a guarantor for the house. However, sources also claim that he had borrowed an additional 500,000 yen from Mizuki Mira, which was why over the last few days, tension had begun to build up between the pair, but it was also largely due to the fact that Mizuki Mira had refused Takahiro's advances. He might have felt the sweat on his forehead as he lay down on the floor, staring at the ceiling. Just inches away, Mira was lying down as well. Takahiro couldn't help but enjoy the sweetness of her scent. Unconsciously, he felt himself inch closer towards her. Bit by bit, until he could feel the tingling of his arm as it brushed hers. His heart was racing. He prayed that she wouldn't move away. God, she smells so good. He let his arm close in beside hers, relishing the sensation of their hairs touching each other. Mira didn't move. Maybe she wants it. He started thinking, and he inched even closer. Maybe she wants it. Why are you so close to me again, Takahiro? She interrupted. Despite the summer heat, it felt like a cold wind had entered the room. I don't get what you mean, he might have said. She moved away from him, and for a moment, he could no longer smell her scent in the air. You know what? Mira turned towards him and said, When are you going to pay me back? Takahiro was getting annoyed, and might have thought, Why is the love of my life saying this? I said, When will you pay me back? Mira continued, you are a person who constantly wants to die. Why do you need the money? Takahiro's temple began to throb. It's mine if I die, Mira replied. The sweat on his forehead dripped into his eyes and for a second, it blinded him.
Takahiro might have looked upon Nira's naked, lifeless body on the ground, her arms and neck tied to a rope, and legs spread wide apart. Each limb looked limp, like they had been severed from her body. Takahiro headed out and bought some cat litter, the biggest cooler boxes that he could find, and some tools before rushing back home. He might have started filling the cooler boxes with cat litter before dragging Mira into the toilet where he turned on the fan for ventilation. He would have then made multiple trips down to the neighborhood garbage point as he dismembered her body, ripping the flesh off their bones. Because he thought human bones might be recognizable by how it looks, he would drop them into the cooler boxes filled with cat litter to mask the smell of their decomposing. In about three days, Mira was reduced to bones buried in cat litter. It was difficult at first. It took me three days to get rid of the first body. Takahiro Shiraishi would have been quoted speaking to the police. Through this difficult time, Takahiro Shiraishi might have been jotting down notes. Because after Mira, he would decide to kill eight more victims, four in September and four in October. Except this time, he would only take one day each to rend the flesh from their bones. Mizuki Mira's disappearance would have gone unnoticed if not for her friend Shogo Nishinaka, who realized on the 22nd of August 2017 that she hadn't been replying to his messages ever since she visited Takahiro Shiraishi. So he decided to drop by a few days later without knowing that this visit would cement for Takahiro Shiraishi his modus operandi for killing his subsequent victims. It was sometime between the end of August to early September 2017, when Shogo Nishinaka arrived at an apartment in Zama, Kanagawa Prefecture. He was there to visit Takahiro Shiraishi, his suicide sensei. But this time, he wasn't there to kill himself. Over the course of the past few days, Shogo Nishinaka had an awakening and found a reason to live. He arrived at the train station and met Takahiro, who walked him back to his apartment. Upon arriving, a foul stench hit Shogo Nishinaka. Takahiro, do you smell that too? He might have asked. Yeah, the sewer is blocked. What can you expect from an apartment that costs 19,000 yen a month? Takahiro might have replied. True, true. They sat down on the tatami mats, and Takahiro brought out a bottle of oolong tea from the refrigerator and passed it to him. Tea has often been regarded as a stress reliever, and while the reasons aren't completely clear, a key hypothesis is the presence of L-theanine and caffeine. These compounds work in unison to reduce cortisol and stress levels, which is why when Shogo Nishinaka felt relaxed, he wasn't alarmed. But Takahiro's oolong tea had other ingredients to reduce stress levels, including a cocktail of sleeping pills and tranquilizers. Shogo Nishinaka would have started feeling weak, yawning repeatedly. <sighs> if the dosage was high enough, he would have seen his peripheral vision go dark before his vision blurred. Then, he would go to sleep and never wake up again. That day, Takahiro Shiraishi would have solidified his modus operandi because Shogo Nishinaka was a man. 
Up until then, the majority of his victims had been women, which made it easy for him to apply force and aggression to take them down. But with Shogo Nishinaka, he had to find creative ways to weaken him, which he realized could also be applied to all his other victims. The Twitter killer's modus operandi was now clear. He would identify his victims on Twitter through keywords associated with suicide, then meet them by the train station near his house and feed them sedatives before dismembering them in his home. Depending on his mood, he would have strangled or raped the victims during the process. He operated from August all through October, right up until his ninth victim, Aiko Tamura's brother, logged into a Twitter account after she went missing. A sting operation would follow and the police would arrive on Takahiro Shiraishi's doorstep on Halloween morning of 2017, expecting to question him and receive coy answers. You ready? An inspector was talking to his partner, who nodded back. He pressed the doorbell. As expected, a lean-built man answered the door. Are you Takahiro Shiraishi? The inspector asked. Yes? What do you want? The inspector peered through the gaps of the door and into the apartment. He noticed a familiar white bag before looking back at his partner. They both knew they had their guy. The problem now was how to find enough evidence and get him to confess. Takahiro Shiraishi, could we come in? The apartment was about 13.5 square meters with a loft bed. For context, a typical two-room flat in Singapore is about 36 square meters. As they entered, a white cooler box stood in a doorway. They stepped over it to find about seven more such boxes, stacked in various configurations. The ventilator fan was on, but it didn't do much to extinguish the telling odour that permeated through the air. Where did you get that white bag? The inspector asked, though he already knew the answer. I got it from a girl. She left it here, Takahiro might have said. So, where is she then? Takahiro lifted his hand and pointed at a cooler, all the way at the end of the room. The inspector walked over, his heart racing. This is not what I expected at all. For some reason, on the 31st of October 2017, Takahiro Shiraishi would confess on the spot to killing all his victims and storing them inside his house within coolers and toolboxes. A total of 9 human heads and 240 bones were found all over the apartment. In the years that followed, Takahiro would share with the police in detail his modus operandi and the motive for his killings, which, according to him, was money and sex. A sensational hearing took place, wherein his lawyers made two arguments in his defense. First, of diminished responsibility, because Takahiro was not of sound mind. He did, after all, inform his father weeks before the murder that he did not understand why he was alive. The second was the existence of tacit agreements between Takahiro and the victims, which meant the murders were consensual since the victims were suicidal. But both of these did not hold up in court. The psychologists were determined that he was sane, and it was hard to believe that his victims would consent to being drugged or struck unaware and abused before their deaths. In court, Takahiro Shiraishi 
was quoted saying in Japanese, I am sorry for having killed some of the victims with whom I spent a lot of time with and I would like to apologize to these families. But for the others, I don't really feel a sense of regret. In any case, I'm sorry only because I failed when I got caught. If they hadn't caught me, I would regret nothing. The case also gained a lot of attention because Takahiro went against his own attorneys, insisting that the hearing should end faster and that he was happy to receive the death penalty. This was a wish he was granted on the 15th of December 2020 and he would now wait out his years until the day of his execution. The Twitter killer case also led to conversations on the role of social media in the discussion of suicide. Twitter's founder, Jack Dorsey, commented that it was very unfortunate and extremely sad. And since then, Twitter's and most other algorithms were tweaked to lead suicide seekers to prevention platforms instead and to reduce isolation. Isolation can drive people to dark places. This was certainly the case for Takahiro. Had he found someone whom he loved and who loved him, would he have become the Twitter killer? In Japan, when an inmate is put on death row, they get no prior notice of their impending execution until the morning of. For Takahiro, after he was sentenced, he told the Manichi Daily, I want to use the time I have left to find a girl. When Takahiro created the hanging pro persona, he also made a second Twitter account, describing himself as a forlorn individual looking for meaning in this world. Maybe that was who he really was, and love would grant him a reason to live. But regardless of his unfortunate circumstances, nine people dead would demand the price paid both by Takahiro Shiraishi and his victims. Perhaps even more so from the families of his victims. These were the words of one of their fathers. Even now, when I see a woman of my daughter's age, I mistake her for my daughter. This pain will never go away. Give her back to me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, you can reach out to us via email at heinous at oneupmediapodcast.com or through our Instagram or TikTok page at heinous underscore oneupmedia. This episode of Heinous was researched, produced and written by Yeo Gong Jin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks as well to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toll from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous. <laughs>